Thank you for joining me for this special bonus episode of California Dreaming. There is a story out of the Coachella Valley area of California that I've been following for about eight months now. You may have heard of Coachella Valley because of its annual music and arts festivals that takes place there in April, an event that features artists across many different genres of music, everything from rock to indie to hip hop, and the festival also features art installations and sculptures on display. Live music is continuously playing on a number of main stages as well as smaller ones across the festival grounds. But the story I've been following is a strange disappearance on May 10th, 2017, of a Coachella Valley couple, 28-year-old Jonathan Reynoso and 26-year-old Audrey Moran. Because the investigation is ongoing, there are not very many details that investigators are sharing with the media at this time, but I'll share with you everything that I was able to find thus far. Audrey left her sister's house in Coachella on the 10th of May, 2017. She told her that she was headed to pick up her boyfriend, Jonathan, in Brawley, California. Brawley is a town located in the Imperial Valley area of California, in the lower Colorado River Valley region, making it below sea level. It's about 130 miles or 209 kilometers east of San Diego and 70 miles or 112 kilometers west of Yuma, Arizona. Audrey said she was going to drive there, an hour and a half drive, to pick Jonathan up and to give him a ride to his home in Palm Desert, about a 20-minute drive northwest of Coachella. Later that same night, Audrey's sister received a photo of the couple at Jonathan's house, supposedly, but police eventually discovered that the picture was an older photo, not taken that night. This was the last known contact from Audrey. However, investigators didn't seem to think that there was anything suspicious about the picture, stating that it is likely Audrey was sending it to her sister just for fun. I don't know about that. I'm speculating, but it feels like to me that someone sent that picture to her sister wanting her to think that she arrived that night at Jonathan's house as planned, as to not raise suspicions. But I don't know that for a fact. Also, there's some discrepancy as to whether the picture her sister received was taken at a bar, or at his house, or which picture it was that was actually sent. It's been a lot of speculation in the media, and all of it just seems kind of weird to me anyway. So the following day on May 11th, when Audrey's family were unable to get a hold of her, they grew concerned and filed a missing persons report. Audrey drove a 2010 GMC Terrain SUV, and it was equipped with OnStar. Investigators used it to track down the location of the vehicle. They found her car on May 12th, parked and abandoned along the westbound 10 freeway in the city of Beaumont in Riverside County. This is 44 miles northwest of Jonathan's home in Palm Desert. Audrey's car had almost a full tank of gas, which meant it had to have been filled up shortly before it was parked there on the 10. Now incidentally, there are cameras on the 10 freeway, as there are on every freeway in Southern California, but they are specifically used for showing live traffic conditions on the local news channels during rush hours. They do not record footage of the freeway, so... When their SUV was pulled over onto the shoulder, 
there would be no video footage that could be reviewed. There was no signs of any damage, so the vehicle had not been in any kind of accident. There was also no indication that there was any kind of forced entry or foul play in the car or around the area surrounding the car. Later, forensics examination of the vehicle did not reveal anything significant or out of the ordinary that would provide any clues or leads as to what may have happened to the couple. Police canines did pick up the couple's scent in the area around the car, but the trail they picked up ended about 20 yards west of where the SUV was found. So what does that mean? Did both of their scents get picked up? I assume the dog sniffed for both, but I did see an article online that stated that dogs sniffed for Jonathan's scent only. So I wonder if they didn't pick up Audrey's scent at all, which seems strange because it was her car. Does that mean she wasn't with the car when it was abandoned? Only him? If so, why? Where was she then? Did they check to see what position the seat was in? If they could tell if he was driving the car last or if she was driving it last? And if they were both there, did they get out of the car? Did they get out of the car on their own? Were they forced out of the car? Did they walk away for some reason? There are so many missing persons cases where the tracking dogs go for a distance and then the trail is lost. And it's so frustrating. Where did they go? Did they get into another vehicle? Were they forced into another vehicle? If so, was somebody after them? Were they being followed? I have a little bit more information about the tracking dogs that I will get into a little bit later. Investigators continue to work on trying to find out how the couple left their vehicle. What was going on with them leading up to them having gone missing? And what would be some reasons to pull your vehicle over on the shoulder of a freeway? One for sure would be if you were having car trouble, and it seems that wasn't an issue. Another would be if they were getting pulled over, but that doesn't seem to have been a thing that happened to them that night either. There's no record of them having been pulled over by any law enforcement. Another would be that someone else may have been driving that car, or someone driving that car wanted to ditch it on the freeway for some reason and was being followed by another car who picked that person up. I did read another post online that the tracking dogs did track Jonathan's scent to the point of a fence and then stopped there. I don't know if that's true or not, but it seems to be a possibility based on the layout of the freeway. Could he have jumped the fence and continued on and the dogs were never really taken to the other side of it? Maybe. Unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of information about that to be found as of now. No one knows where Audrey had been driving her car before it was found abandoned. As it was not really located near the route she would have had to needed to take to pick Jonathan up, who incidentally did not have a car, if he were to be picked up from Brawley. In addition, investigators found a pizza box at Jonathan's home, which, according to the investigation, was ordered at 5.45 p.m. on May 10th. The pizza box was found inside his home, which means it was delivered at the time he was supposed to have been in Brawley. Investigators have not been able to confirm that Jonathan had been in Brawley on May 10th when Audrey told her sister that she was going to meet him, and they're still trying to find some confirmation that he was there. What's more, they have stated that Audrey's cell phone signal 
never pinged outside of the immediate area all that evening. So, does that mean she didn't go to Brawley to pick up Jonathan like she had told her sister? Was he at his house the whole time? Receiving that pizza delivery? But why the strange lie about going to pick him up? What was the point of that? After the evening of May 10th, neither Jonathan nor Audrey's cell phones pinged anywhere. Their phones are missing. Either they died or they'd been shut off. There has been no purse or wallets belonging to the couple ever recovered. There have been no suspicious activities on any of their bank and credit accounts since their disappearance. According to both of their families, no one indicated the couple were expecting to see anyone or go visit anyone other than each other that day that they disappeared. According to investigators, this disappearance was out of character for the couple. They had not been dating for very long, and there did not appear to be any signs of trouble between the two of them. So it doesn't seem likely that the couple disappeared voluntarily. According to investigators, the couple had very close relationships with their families, and that is a key factor in the thought that their disappearance isn't voluntary. No one would think that they would just walk away from their families. They were very tight-knit, and they both have very loving families who care for them deeply. Investigators have not uncovered any reasons that they would just leave their loved ones and walk away on their own. But they're certain that these two individuals didn't just disappear without anyone knowing what happened. Of course, rumors and conjecture is bound to make the rounds in cases like this on social media. But both families and investigators have urged people to refrain from speculating about what may have happened to the couple. Even though investigators will check into the relevancy of anything they see appearing on social media, but more often than not, these are unsubstantiated rumors and they just lead to unnecessary work for them and delays in the investigation. Chasing down dead ends is a waste of resources. But for me, as I read about this case, because there really is no information out there, I'm curious about the rumors and what they might mean. But even the rumors are scant, really. Law enforcement and the missing couple's family have been doing everything they can to get their story out there and to keep the rumors at a minimum. Indio police use the National Law Enforcement Teletype System and Missing Unidentified Person System to spread the word across the country about their disappearances. Thousands of hours have gone into the investigation and that continues to grow. Flyers have been dispersed up and down California, Nevada, Arizona, and Mexico. They've also been shared via social media as well. Information has been printed on business cards for easy distribution and access, as well as bracelets with the couple's names and the phone number to call with information. The families have also been able to raise a $10,000 reward via GoFundMe and fundraising for any information leading to the whereabouts of Jonathan and Audrey. They've also held prayer vigils. Jonathan's mom continues to write letters to him on Facebook, hoping he will respond. A separate Facebook page has been created for the missing couple, and information continues to be shared online across the country. Just this month, the official in charge of the investigation finally broke his long silence regarding the case. Sergeant Walter Mendez, along with his detectives, have been working incessantly 
trying to dig up information, clues, and leads in their efforts in searching for what happened to the couple. He stated that this has been a tough case for a variety of reasons. The specifics as to investigating a missing person's case are difficult because of the emotional side that's attached to it. It should be noted that Sergeant Mendez is a part of the Riverside County Sheriff's Department's homicide unit. He knows the families are waiting for answers ever since the couple went missing last May. When asked what his gut feeling is, Sergeant Mendez stated that his gut tells him that Audrey and Jonathan did not leave their families on their own. They are loved. They had so much to live for. He doesn't work with assumptions, and that is not an area that he is operating in at this point. He said that they are doing everything they can to find them. When he was asked if this was still a missing persons case or a homicide investigation, Sergeant Mendez stated that it's still a missing persons case, but they are prepared for wherever this journey takes them. Obviously, the circumstances surrounding their disappearance is highly suspicious. He has retraced their movements that night, and he has found the manner in which Audrey's SUV was found, how that is connected to when she was last seen, what she said she was doing, and failing to communicate with her family has made this case extremely suspicious. In addressing rumors about Jonathan's trip to Brawley with an unknown group of friends, Sergeant Mendez wouldn't comment on that but he did concur that Jonathan's scent was picked up outside the abandoned car by bloodhounds when it was found on the shoulder of the freeway. Some of the rumors that have been floated involve Jonathan owing some large sums of money, but Sergeant Mendez wouldn't comment or speculate too much on that, stating that there are lots of stories that are being promoted via social media and other media outlets, and they are looking into all of those avenues, but at this point in the investigation, whether Jonathan's having financial issues or not, he doesn't think it's pertinent fact in what's happened to the couple. He also stated that the sheriff's department has been looking for leads everywhere and have written and served many, many search warrants in conjunction with the investigation. But of course, he would not disclose specific locations or people. He did say there was a potential lead outside of their department discovered by the Thermal California authorities. Thermal is an unincorporated area of Riverside County. It was in regards to a vehicle that was reported stolen and then later found burned outside of Coachella. He confirmed the finding of the car, but they're still in the process of determining whether or not that burnt out vehicle is pertinent to the investigation. I don't know what that could possibly have to do with Jonathan and Andre. I looked, but I have no idea. There's nothing online about it at all. But it is very, very suspicious. It sort of leads you to believe that the couple, or at least one of them, may have been involved in something they shouldn't have been involved in. But if that's the case, if anyone knows anything about their activities leading up to them vanishing, nobody is saying anything. And if the detectives know anything, they're not saying anything either. Right now, it's all conjecture. And this kind of speculation that Jonathan or Audrey did something or were involved with something that caused them to disappear or worse is painful for the family. And Sergeant Mendez made it clear that they, in his opinion, the couple, were not bad people. 
and there wasn't anything sinister going on in regards to them, and he continues to believe that they did not go missing on their own volition. As of now, authorities do not have a suspect in the case. Sergeant Mendez said that if he did, they would release that information, but he feels like he's getting close to solving this case. He's decided to open up to the media in the hopes that the person who knows what happened to the couple will open up as well, to give the families of Jonathan and Audrey the peace and justice they need and deserve. So what do you guys think happened, based on the bits of information we know about the couple's last known movements? There must be some information about last phone calls or texts that the couple were making, because according to Audrey's sister, she was supposed to have been going to Brawley to pick up Jonathan. But, according to her cell phone tower pings, she never really left the immediate area around Coachella. Also, it seems like Jonathan wasn't in Brawley if he was at his place in Palm Desert ordering pizza. So was Audrey not telling her sister the truth? Or was Jonathan not telling the truth to Audrey? Where did Audrey go when she left her sister's place? How and where did she make contact with Jonathan? And what about that picture she supposedly sent her sister? Was that just a random picture to send? Or did someone send it just to make her think Audrey was safely and happily in the company of Jonathan? How did her car end up abandoned on the 10? Who left it there? Did the dogs track both of their scents or just his? What does the location of where the scent ended, at that fence separating the freeway embankment and an adjacent golf course, what position was the driver's seat in? Did it indicate someone of Audrey's height drove it last or someone of Jonathan's height? And what about when the car was last filled up with gas? When was it abandoned? How is it that that SUV was sitting on the freeway and it didn't draw the attention of the CHP? Was it not sitting there for very long? It was found two days after the couple was last seen. It doesn't seem likely that the vehicle could be sitting on the freeway for any extended amount of time without the CHP stopping to inspect the vehicle or run the plates. But it's been reported that the car was found using OnStar, so that leads me to think that it hadn't been there for very long. So where was the car for those two days? Was it locked when it was found? Was the engine still warm? Did anyone come forward to say that they were driving on the 10 freeway when they saw the car pull over to the shoulder? So many questions, and I'm sure investigators have some answers to some of them, but what about the biggest question still looming? Where are Jonathan Reynoso and Audrey Moran? If you have any information on this case, you can call a hotline set up for this and you can do so anonymously at area code 760-393-3544. Thank you so much for joining me for this bonus episode, The Disappearance of Jonathan Reynoso and Audrey Moran. And until next time, sweet dreams.